This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and at last, somebody has joined me in the podcast studio again. I've been here all week by myself, and Deb Fitzgerald is here to talk with me about news. How are you, Deb? I'm doing great. I started to feel really bad for you sitting in this room, even though it's a very nice room. It is very nice, but I was lonely, and I was afraid nobody knew that I was in here. Well, you did a really good job. I mean, so despite being by yourself in here, you really, you know gave it a lot of articulation. Well, thank was, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I wanted to start today by talking about something that wasn't in the Pulse this week. It's uh, It came in before our press deadline. So we'll talk about it on the podcast and you can read about it online. Joel Kitchens has been primaried. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So what does that mean? That means that somebody from his own party is running against him so that there will be a primary election between the two gentlemen. And the person who is running against him is Milt Swagel, and Milt is uh, a Kewanee County board supervisor. So that will be in August 9. So the, the candidate filing period for the November election ended on June 1st at 5 o'clock. So you had until then to file your nomination papers. So that's why it came after our deadline, but you can read the full story online. And... Senator Andre Jacques is running again for re-election, and he has a Democratic candidate who is running against him, and no primary election there. And then the two county races, the partisan primary races, are the sheriff's office and the Door County circuit clerk's office. And those two incumbents are running, and nobody else has challenged them. So Sheriff Tammy Sternard, and clerk of circuit court, Connie DeFere, they're both running unchallenged. And I, I forgot to mention that there is a Democratic challenger also for Assembly District 1, the, the seat that Joel Kitchens now holds, and that's Roberta Thielen. And uh, Roberta is, is well known to people in Bailey's Harbor. She's a Bailey's Harbor resident. She is on the Bailey's Harbor town board. And she did run against Kitchens as an independent candidate a few years back and did lose that contest. How long has Kitchens been in office? He's going for his fifth term. So he was first elected in 2014, and he has never actually had anybody give him a primary challenge, anybody from his own party, you know, going up against him. That's what I was curious about. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yes, it will. So that's that's coming up. Uh, the primary is August 9. We'll obviously have more on these candidates as we get closer to that August 9 deadline. And then the general election is uh, November 8. And we'll have a lot more on the elections upcoming. Great. So it's a, a little bit of stuff that wasn't in this week's pulse, but I want to talk about a couple of other things that are that are as Door County as apple pie. Mm. Is that what they say? Yes. When you think Door County, what do you think? The Niagara Escarpment and the affordable housing shortage, right? Those are... <laughs> Those are the two. <laughs> you know, my mind went temporarily blank and I'm like, how can that happen? It's kind of like when somebody says, what's your address? And suddenly... You, you go to your childhood address, right? Because that's what I do. <laughs> do you really? Yes. I'm okay. like, what is your address, Andrew? 
I'm not saying that on the podcast. <laughs> I want people to know where I live. Well, they don't know if, you know, you don't have to give the city uh, or the state. I live here, though. Okay. Oh, are you trying to get my childhood address? <laughs> yes. Oh, it was in Minnesota. Right. I was going to say, Door County is a small enough place anyway that you can find me. Yes. If you wanted to find me, you can find me. It's right. not hard. It took me a little while. I thought you lived in a different house. Remember? But you were you were very close. I was. I was only a couple houses off. So that's how mysterious Andrew wants to keep it. Not even us coworkers know exactly where he lives. He kind of gives an area, and then you put some of the pieces together. Yeah, it's because I'm I'm homeless, and I I just live in I live in areas, yes. not in any dwellings. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway. Let's stop trying to get people to find out where I live, and let's okay. talk about the Niagara Escarpment. Yes. It's been around for a long time. Did something change? Yes, actually, something changed. All right. What's um, up? So what's happening with so there's this organization, and it's the Niagara Escarpment Resource Network, and this organization has been around since the late 1990s and they've accomplished a number of things but their primary goal is to bring awareness to the Niagara Escarpment and exactly how special and fragile and vulnerable it is and they do this through numerous means. Um, one of the things that they did was get the legislature's attention and that was like in the uh, mid 2000s, 2010 I think it was and they proclaimed a year for the Niagara Escarpment. So it, it increased in awareness. You know, people understand what it is. It is, you know, this 400 million year old rock structure that extends for a thousand miles from Wisconsin all the way over to Niagara Falls. So it, you know, spans three states and four Great Lakes and the province of Ontario. So it's also known as the Great Arch because of its trajectory across that landscape. So, of course, we know it here, but we kind of take it for granted. I mean, it's, it's what's responsible for some of our most breathtaking viewscapes, our most beautiful landscapes. And yet we probably don't really know an awful lot about it. Well, this organization got a grant a few years back. They came up with a website where they put all of the resources surrounding what they call the ledge, it's also known as the ledge, the Niagara Escarpment, and they put all of the resources that the natural places, the places where you can access it for hiking, the trails that you can access it on, all throughout the seven counties that it traverses in Wisconsin. And then they have businesses that they vet for sustainability practices. So only businesses like food, restaurants, lodging, gas stations, only those that answer this survey of 50 questions and answer them correctly or in a way that shows that they are a sustainable business practice type business is able to be on this website to show visitors, you know, where they can access these services. The businesses that are Wisconsin green vetted already are automatically on there. So their whole goal is to draw the eco-tourist, to practice a model of sustainable tourism instead of, you know, saying to everybody, hey, everybody come to the Niagara Escarpment and, you know, everybody tramples over to the Niagara Escarpment and then pretty soon it's no longer the Niagara Escarpment. So right. they're really trying to just draw a certain type of 
you know, visitor and, and then to draw awareness to the Niagara Escarpment's value and its vulnerability and its beauty. And then if they do that, they believe that more people will want to protect it. All that being said, you did a piece on the escarpment and the website is WI as in Wisconsin ledge.org. Correct. Uh, and that's where you can learn way more than what we just talked about. Absolutely. And they do. The bluff. <laughs> that's right. And they have all the categories and everything that you can want to know about it. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. That's our uh, geography lesson for today. Yes. Let's move on to politics a little bit more and talk about affordable housing. Okay. Did we solve it? Is it? Are we good now? Did we what? Did we solve affordable housing? <laughs> Every time we talk about it, I have to start with that just so that I know. Are we good? It's not. Well, first, I was thrown by the politics part. You think that affordable housing is political? Yeah. Why? Because everything's political. Oh. Unfortunately. So affordable housing... In the apolitical realm, there is a story in today's Pulse about, well, in this week's Pulse, and it's about a, a new financial lending or a corporation that is being formed that's going to try and help solve a tiny piece of affordable housing. So I think that most people who study this issue know that you can't, there's not like one solution. You have to come at it from many different angles, and so it's kind of like putting as many of those together as you possibly can to be able to solve it. So this is another one of those pieces to solving the affordable housing challenge. And uh, the organization is being formed by, will be, you know, jointly held by two organizations, one of them local, the Door County Community Foundation, and then the other is NeighborWorks Green Bay. So NeighborWorks Green Bay is already doing something like this, this kind of work, and has been for 40 years, making housing more affordable for people. The Door County Community Foundation is actually brought together a bunch of people to start looking at solutions to the affordable housing issue a couple of years ago with the Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority. And Door County was a pilot project. You know, there were a bunch of people that got together and they, you know, tested out different things. And this is, you know, long story short, this is what evolved from that. If we had a corporation that could lend money to developers so that developers would agree to set aside some affordable housing units within their apartment complexes, then that would be great. This would give them another level of financing. They would be able to reserve a couple. And they figure that over, say, 30 years, they could create maybe 700 units doing this affordable housing. So the way that this is getting started is WIDA, which is the Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority, they're loaning this new corporation $1.3 million. And they're with the caveat that 
1.3 million has to also be raised locally. So the County of Door has donated 500,000 of that. Brett Bacoy, who is the CEO and president of the Community Foundation, said that they're working hard on, on raising that money, so they should get the full match, and then they will be off and running. So it's 1.5, you said? 1.5 million that is being donated by, the, by WIDA, right. and 1.5 million that needs to be raised by the local community. Cool. So $3 million altogether to get the project started. Correct. Awesome. That seems like it would make a, a really nice, affordable house. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they want to make a couple more than just one, I think. Right? Uh, well, yes. There is, so they would lend between five and $700,000. So five hundred to $700,000 to, and it would only be financing a part of these apartment complexes. And it would just be low interest. There would be some, you know, creative financing. They would make it as attractive as it possibly could be for a developer so that they could use this as another layer of financing for their project. So it is, uh, they worked with local developers to create this program. And, you know, they, uh, a couple of them just opened their books and said, you know what, this is, this is why we can't bills affordable housing in Door County. So this is what would help or enable us to do that. So they're structuring it after what, you know, developers say that they need in order to be able to make these projects work. Right. So it's not necessarily just for, hey, I'm going to make an affordable housing complex. It's for, I'm making this apartment complex with 20 rooms and we're going to make 10 of them affordable. And that's how I get into this money, right? Right. And though it probably would be fewer than 10. I mean, we're talking maybe two to four. Well, that's not going to solve the problem, Deb. <laughs> I was trying to be optimistic. So, but I mean, if you do it for, this is a revolving loan fund. So these would, the five hundred to $700,000 would be loaned to the developers. They would pay those back with whatever the low interest is. And so the pot would continue to be to, to grow in theory. And also there could be opportunities for other municipalities to pitch in because this will be an, a nonprofit corporation. So even getting the construct, the financial lending construct set up is a pretty big thing. It will also be structured in such a way that it will be able to receive some federal funding. So that part of it, creating this new financial lending corporation is, is really kind of the big deal. And this, you know, $3 million, as Brett Bacoy was, you know, stressing to me is just the beginning. So they really do believe that they're going to be growing that, you know, much bigger. He also pointed out that this is not a new idea. This is something that is done in urban areas all across the country. There is a really good model for it in the city of Madison. But the thing is, they've not done it in such a small rural area like this. So that is where the innovation comes in, trying to create such that kind of a lending organization in a rural, small population place like Door County. Right. Well, if it's never been done before, then it can't be done. That's what they would say on Facebook. I'm just, I'm parroting what I'm going to read on Facebook. Oh, there you go. You post it. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that somebody in Door County looked outside Door County to find a solution to a Door County problem. Oh. That's really exciting to hear. Well, actually, it kind of emerged as a grassroots thing within Door County. But yeah, NeighborWorks, Green Bay, Noel, Havel, uh, Noel Havelson, 
<laughs> He's a hard name to say. <laughs> I never realized that. I mean, I wrote it so much in the story, but Noel Halverson is the chair and CEO of NeighborWorks in Green Bay. And he's going to be the, because that's going to be the umbrella organization of this new, you know, nonprofit kind of subsidiary type corporation, he's going to be the CEO and president of the whole thing. And then Brett McCoy is going to be the chair of the governing board. But they did bring together with that WIDA pilot group for looking at affordable housing in rural areas. They did have people from other parts of the state you know, a part of that. So they automatically were looking at other, you know, areas to be able to, to see, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's, it's a model that works if it were used more frequently. Great. Well, let's, uh, let's consider that five, five more percent of the problem solved. Where are we at now? Well, I I think that we need to wait and see what happens. I'm really curious to see what happens with all of the new housing that's being built in Sturgeon Bay. Now, it is not all what you would call affordable. A lot of it is market rate, but we do need market rate housing as well. So if there is, there is really a flat out housing shortage it's not just affordable housing. There's not enough housing for everybody. So when they build these market rate apartments, and you know some of them are going to be coming on the market as early as you know the end of this year, then other people will be moving out of places that they're in. They'll be moving into these. They'll be opening up those. So the supply will automatically increase. So by 2023, there's going to be, you know, some 110. And then there are newer apartments coming on the line in Sturgeon Bay. So I'm just really curious to see how that impacts the market. Yeah. I wonder if this is necessary. Did we ever try asking really nicely when developers would propose things? They probably have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, we got 10 rooms coming up. Oh, can we have can we have one? <laughs> one that's, that people can buy, please? Apparently, it's not something that really can, you know, if you're a developer, you're in business. It sounds to me like margins are really, really tight. Like, it's almost impossible to make money building an apartment complex. Hmm. So, which is, you know, kind of odd to me. I mean, they're trying to recoup what they put into it. These are millions of dollars, you know, that they, that they spend when they're building these. And if you build them at an affordable rate, then obviously that increases the number of years where you're going to be recouping your investments. So it must just be extraordinarily difficult to recapture that at rates that are below market. Right. What if we all just shared? Do you think if that we would, shared? If, would that fix it? I think they tried that in communist Russia. Oh. Well, what about, like, <laughs> go, go back like 100,000 years ago. Go back 100,000 years ago when we all used to just share. Oh, you think that's what happened? Yeah. Oh, so where did this human nature come about that we, we don't share naturally? It was probably when we decided that objects had value. And we were like, I'll give you this object for that object. Oh, so when the barter system came into play? Yeah, when it wasn't just, you know, trading it was like, hey, this is a dollar. Well, don't you think a banana was always valuable? Like way before money. If you have five bananas and I only have one banana and I have seven children and you only have two, 
I mean, don't you think that I would see that your bananas are very valuable? Are you proposing a shift to a banana-based economy? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down. I mean, there is value, whether we call it money, whether we call it a dollar bill, or, you know, it's, whether it's a piece of paper or a coin, or, you know, they could call it bananas. I mean, it could be, it could have been bananas instead of something let's that was based. Everybody, let's try it for 10 days and just see. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. So let's see if the uh, grocery stores sell out of bananas. Or if they'll take bananas as payment. Oh, instead. Yeah. Oh, See? just initiated If you can't get a banana, then give a banana. Need a banana, take a banana. <laughs> all right. I'm done. Yes, I think so. I am too. Okay. Thanks for coming on the podcast and chat with me about all the cool stuff that's going on. All right. Well, thanks for inviting me and I'm glad to uh, keep you company. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.